But the message is called, Compel Them From the Highways. Compel Them From the Highways. It's a quote uh, from Jesus in the New Testament. And I really want to encourage you to hear this word really strong today. Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus is telling a parable story. He said to them, a man was giving a big dinner and he invited many. What kind of dinner is it? And he's invited, don't forget that. At the dinner, he sent his slave, his slave, his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is ready now. Come for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I bought a piece of land. I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I've married a wife. For that reason, I cannot come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the head of the household, the master, listen to this. He became angry. He became angry and he said to his servant, go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. And the, and the servant said, master, we've, we've gone and got all the poor we can find, all the lame, all the crippled, we got them all. And there's still room. There's still room. And so the master said to him, go into the highway and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you that none of those men who were invited, they rejected it, shall taste this dinner. They missed. They missed the dinner. So the context is in in the Gospel of Luke and uh, Luke's a book, uh, there's a book out called eating your way through the gospel of Luke because Luke is all about dinners, man. I don't know if being a physician, he was wealthy enough to show up at meals all the time and was having them, inviting people to him. But man, everything in Luke is about some sort of meal. This is one of them. And there's three players. There's three participants in this little story. It's not complicated, right? I mean, your, your theological brains have already settled this out. There's a master that would represent, yeah, God in Christ, Right. There's a master who's inviting us to a dinner. He's inviting us to a dinner where he wants many people there. And it's a big one. There's a master. And then he has servants. He has servants. And the servants are supposed to prepare the dinner and then go get people to the dinner. Got it? That's what the servants do. And then there's these guests. There's these guests. So let me just talk you through the three of them real quick. The master wants to have a big dinner party and enjoy fellowship and company of a large number of guests. The master, God himself, and his son Jesus, they want to have a huge party, a huge party, and enjoy the fellowship and relationship with a whole bunch of people. That's the picture. I'm not making this up. It's right in the text. And the servants are supposed to invite the guests. And so so they go do that. And what you find here is with the guest. And by the way, you're either you're either a servant or a guest. 
You're not a master. You're a servant or a guest. You pick which one of these you are today. Everybody in this room, everybody you know is either a servant of the master or a guest invited to the master's home. That's, that's where you fit in the picture of this story. And so the guests, some are filled with excuses as to why they do not come and follow him. And then others, other guests that didn't ever believe they'd be invited are welcomed in. There's two, two kinds of guests. There's those that are filled with excuses. By the way, their excuses sound like this. They're business issues. They're business issues to start with. Why? You know, I had to, I bought a piece of land. I got to take care of that land. I mean, you know, you have no idea how hard it is to work in real estate. I mean, you just have no idea. Would you please consider me excused? I'm busy. I have a business I'm running. I don't have time for the house of the Lord. I don't have time to be fellowshipping with God. I don't have time to fellowship with God. Why? I'm just too busy. I got, I got some real important business to handle. Real important business. It's really important. It's a piece of real estate. And I need to go walk it. Well, you probably should have done that before you bought it, by the way. But I need to go walk it. This other guy's bought some ox. I got some oxen. I need to go check on them. I got some equipment from my farm. See, we, we got a big farm. You don't understand. I know you're the master of this big house. And you got this huge dinner you're inviting me to for free. But here's, here's what he's saying. I got this farm I got to run. You have no idea what it's like, man. You have to go buy ox and then you have to you have to test them out. Sometimes they're lame. Sometimes they're not any good at pulling. Sometimes they've got sore places on their shoulders. And, you know, you got to work with those things. They're not easy. It's not easy. So would you please consider me excused? And the servants are like, well, you know, we're just invite. All we are is inviting. So all we do is invite. But we got to go tell the master you're not coming. When they go and tell the master they're not coming, not a good day. Master gets angry. Then the last one says, I got married. I got a family. I got a wife now. I can't just, I can't just show up at your dinner. I got things to do to take care of my family. I got family issues. Y'all got, how many got family issues in your life? I got family issues. I can't do church all the time. I got family issues. I can't be with God. I can't be fellowshipping with God all the time. I got family issues to work through. You think your family issues might be improved if you go to the master's house? 1,000%. You think your business might get better if you go to the master's house? 1,000%. You think your farm might improve if you just go to the master's house for dinner? It's all he's asking you to come is to fellowship with him. It's all he's asking but they make all these excuses. And I'm telling you, some of you have made them before. I'm not picking on anybody in here. But you've made excuses for a long time as to why you don't want to fellowship. I got too much going on. It cost me too much. I mean, if I do that, then I'll be locked out of this group of people or whatever. Whatever the issue is, I got issues. And I got excuses. And I am not. I'm just not seeing the need to fellowship with him like that. And that's sad. Here's, here's what I really want you to get a hold of today, though. It's burning in my heart. There's about a billion people in the world that are making excuses so fast you can't even imagine. And they are on their way to hell as fast as they can go because the, the message is going out. The invitations are supposed to be coming from us. They're supposed to be us as servants. We're supposed to be inviting. We're supposed to be inviting. We're supposed to be inviting. Do you get me? We're supposed to be inviting because the clock is running. Who knows? 
Who knows when the when the doors close and the dinner party actually starts, it's over. That's what it says at the end. They'll never eat here. Closing the doors. Who knows when the dinner party just down the driveway to our left, going back uh that would be south. Is that south? Yeah, south on university. Uh, just just back down the driveway, there's a little cross on the side of the road next to a tree, right at the edge of our property. Right at the edge of our property. It happened three or four years ago. We left here one Sunday morning. There was a ton of cars down there, and they were pulling an old truck out of there, and an old man had either died and crashed into the ditch or crashed into the ditch and died. An older man. And I was I was visiting with the family as I could when they finally showed up, and then eventually they asked me, could they park in our parking lot and walk down there and put you know, stuff out there to mark his place of departure. But he was on his way somewhere. You know what? He'd gone into town to get some food and was bringing it back on a Sunday. He was On a Sunday, he was bringing it back past our church to get back to his family. He never made it. Ended. His life ended. The dinner party for him was right there. The door closed. Everybody you know has a date with the end. Everybody you know. And I can't tell you if it's going to be a you know, a heart attack or a, you know, car wreck or if you're just going to die of old age. I don't know. I don't know. But everybody you know, the door is going to close on that dinner party. And you know a bunch of lost people, don't you? You know a bunch of lost people that desperately need to hear the invitation. So the desire for fellowship with the master is so strong that when the servants report that there's a whole bunch of excuse-making, lame people that have no interest, the desire for the, the fellowship, the master wants fellowship at that party. He wants the party to be big. He wants people there that love him, that adore the party, that, that are willing to be there. So he sends out, though he, they've been rejected, he sends them out and he says, I want you to go get, here's the deal, I want you to go get the lame, crippled, Blind and the poor. That's us. That's us. Man, I'm I'm so poor I can't spell poor. I'm just telling you, and it's not financially. I'm just spiritually poor. Everybody in this room is spiritually poor. You understand? You have nothing to offer the King of Kings and Lord Lord. What are you gonna show up with it? Show up in his presence and go, hey, look, 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 look how I play the guitar, Lord. <laughs> You know, really? You ever see David play? Man, me ain't nothing on him. Right? What are you going to offer him? Oh, hey, I'm really good at math. Yeah. Well, I'm a C-minus student, so I don't even have that to offer. Right? You understand? We are all. That's us. Praise God Almighty. The, the servants went out and found lame, poor, crippled, blind people. Blind to their faith, blind to faith, completely blind to spiritual things. And the servants of the master went out and found them. See, I had a guy teaching chapel when I was in the second grade. He was a servant to the master. And he taught a little chapel lesson that literally scared the hell out of me because he talked about heaven and hell. And, and the hell part as a second grader really did not help me good at all. I was terrified of going to hell. And so I, he said at the end, if you want to come up, if you want to come up here, you know, I'll tell you how to how to avoid hell and end up in heaven. It's through Jesus. So we went to a little room off the side of the stage of our chapel there at Greystone uh, uh, Christian School, Greystone Bible Church in the chapel, and, and I sat in that little room, and he said, I'm not going to tell you all how to trust Jesus. I want you to go back and have your teacher tell you. You know why? Because he's traveling. 
and he wants me to have a connection with somebody. So I told my second grade teacher, Ms. Myrna Locke, a servant of Christ, who knew how to invite people into the party. I told Miss Myrna, Miss Locke, and she made me stay in from recess, bless her heart. I had to stay in from recess to talk to her about it. And I did. Best recess I ever missed. She pulled my desk up to her desk and she opened my little Bible. Remember when you were a kid, some of you as kids had these. I know we did at Northside all over the place. There were these little Bibles that the front of them was a picture of Jesus, like a cloth cover, dark blue and purple mostly. And a little children's Bible had a picture of Jesus on the front of it. And, uh, and, and she opened my Bible and talked me through the Word of God, talked me through my sin, talked me through my who Jesus was and what he could do for me. And she invited me to the banquet table. And praise Almighty God, C-minus student, bad handwriting, left-handed, bad handwriting kid, poor, crippled, blind, blind and lame. I got an invitation to the table and I took it. Never looked back, by the way. Never looked back. Somebody invited you. Some, some servant of the master has invited you and you've accepted that invitation. And you owe that servant a lot. You owe that servant a lot. I'm so glad that he invited us. The servant gets a bunch of us and gathers them into the master's house and tells the master, hey, we got a whole bunch of blind, lame, knotheads. I got them. We found everybody we could. Brought them all in. All the crippled are here. They're spiritually crippled. You can't walk with Christ by yourself. Can you? Can you walk with Christ by yourself? You have no legs to do that unless he helps you walk. But he helps us walk. And we walk right into that banquet room and we all sit down, pull up our crutches and our wheelchairs and our blind assistant people get seated and servants look around and go, oh, plenty of room here. I'm just going to take a moment of liberty with this, but would you please look around at this room? It'll seat a lot more than we ever have here. It will. It'll seat a whole lot more. A whole lot more. That's what Jesus was looking at. The master's looking around the room going, hmm, Got a lot of room here. And I want many people at my party. Not a few. I want many people there. So here's his last instruction to him. This is what I'm going to hang on with you today. Jesus says, I want you to go and compel them to come. Go to the highways and the hedges. Go find guys trimming hedges. <laughs> go find some guys trimming hedges. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Go to the highways and the hedges. Whatever you got to find. Wherever you need to go and compel them. The word compel in the Greek means insist. Make it happen. Don't take any more excuses. Don't take any more no's. Don't get talked out of it. Don't let them talk you out of it. You go get me some more people for these empty seats at my dinner table. The body of Christ, the servants of Jesus. Here's what we're supposed to do. Don't take any more no's. Don't let them talk you out of it. And don't get discouraged when they say no. We are to compel people to come to Christ. It's the number one purpose that Jesus came to earth. He came to seek and save the lost. Then he handed that responsibility to us. To us. Seek and save. Go compel them to come. Well, you know, I've tried and tried and tried, Pastor Stan. They're just not interested. I don't care. The master doesn't care. He says, look, try a different approach. Get more creative. Come up with a weird story. Look at the news. Find somebody that was 
you know, killed in a tragic accident and point to him and go, hey, this guy kind of looks like you. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. When I was in high school, when I was in high school, Trans Ams were big. I had a Mustang. My friends, all my friends had Trans Ams. Matt had this blue Trans Am, dark blue Trans Am. I was driving to school one morning early, and there was a total, there used to be a DIP wrecking or something right here on Moffitt. And uh, there was a totaled dark blue 75 Trans Am, his year car, total, I mean, crunch to zero crunch on the front of that store. When I drove by, so much so that I spun around on the way down to UMS, I spun around to go back and look at it. And I don't mean, mean to be too gross, but there was hair in the windshield. And it was curly hair, which is what he had. And I got terrified, man. My heart was racing out of my chest. I'm a 16-year-old kid that thinks my best friend may have just died in a car accident overnight. Nobody's called to tell me because, you know, the family's trying to work through that. You can't believe how happy I was when I saw him at school. Man, Whew. you know where I asked him to be with me next Sunday? Right here. Right here. Northside Bible Church where I went to school, where I went to church. Right here. Man, I was compelled. You know why? I love my best friend, man. And and we had, we had done a bunch of things we shouldn't have been doing, and, and we were living in sin. But I just didn't want him to go to hell. And I needed him to get his life right, and I needed to get my life right to get his life right, and I did. And I'm telling you, it's not okay to just go with excuses as to why we don't do this anymore. There's no reason for us as a church to not be sharing the gospel all the time, all the time. We need to urge those who are unsaved, please come to the gospel feast. There's a feast in heaven for you. Well, I don't believe in that God. Well, let, let me just tell you some reasons I believe in God then. I'll, I'll work with you on that. You know, well, I don't want to change my life. Well, I understand that too. You know, you think your life's going to get worse. Here's what I can guarantee you though. If, I, if I'm a servant of the master, your life's not going to get worse. It's going to get better. I mean, way better. Like you're going to have a peace like you've never had, a joy like you've never had, a hope like you've never had. And the worst thing that can happen to you is you can die. And that's express lane to Jesus, to the banquet feast. You can give them all kinds of hope if you'll just stay in there and talk with them about it. Don't give up. And whatever you do, don't chicken out. Don't chicken out. You need a reminder how to do your elevator testimony. We can go through that. I'll be happy to teach you. Because you're supposed to be telling your elevator testimony. And I'm begging you as a church, put it online. Thank you, Jesus, for Andrea, Darlene, and Brian Bird. They got theirs up online for us. I put mine, but I forgot to put it on the new one. But I'll get it today. I'll put mine back up there. Put your elevator testimony on our Facebook page. It's one way to go, hey, here's something that's important that I, I believe. And if I'm scared to say it to you, but you can look at it on, my, on our church Facebook page. Then they might see somebody else's that will help them. It's a way for us to help people know the gospel, to compel them, compel them to come. The text is actually to, is commanding the servants. Jesus is commanding the servants to compel the guest. If you're a servant, you're commanded. If you're a guest, you're invited. And I'm going to say to everybody that's watching on Facebook, I believe there's a lot of people at church, a lot of people in church, a lot of people do in church that are not yet, they're not actually belonging at the table yet. They, they've, they understand the concepts, but they've never invited Jesus in their heart. They've never followed him as a savior. And there's a wickedness in all of us as followers of Christ. There's a depravity in us that doesn't want to tell people. What is that all about? We don't even want to, we don't care. 
You don't care that LeBaron Woods has a whole bunch of people that are probably going to hell. I do. It's just all over me now, and I can't get it out of my head for nothing. And I'm sorry, Northside. I'm going to keep saying it till we get it done. It's just, there's an old story about the preacher, the young preacher that got to the church, and he preached his first sermon. Everybody's like, wow, that was awesome. And he was awesome today. And they gave him a big high five at the door and told him he did fantastic. And that was the greatest sermon they heard in a long time. And he, they were real excited. All the deacons got together and said, man, we picked the right guy. He just nailed it. Come back next Sunday and he preached exactly word for word, same sermon. Exactly. Exactly the same sermon. And everybody, while he's, while he's preaching, they're like, didn't we just, didn't he just, didn't we do this last week? Yeah, we did last week. Okay, maybe, you know. He's great. Maybe he's just, maybe he only has one. He's new. Maybe he only has one. He needs time to polish a third one. Right? So we'll let him do it one more time. Third week. Same exact sermon. Now it's time to talk to him about it. So the deacons meet him at the door. They said, hey, pastor, that was, you know, pretty good sermon again. Same good sermon you had the other day, though. Same one two weeks ago. He said, well, yeah, as soon as we start practicing this one, I'll move on to the next one. <laughs> you know, let me see somebody doing what we're saying and I'll move on. And I'm just telling you, the Lord is impressing on me with our with our study through Ephesus. We got to get this right. We got to preach the gospel, teach the gospel, share our testimony, and we got to pray for the lost and love the lost and compel them to come to the dinner table. I don't care if they come to our church. I just care if they come to a good church. I care that you help get them there, disciple them into a good church. We don't want to go to a little church in the middle of eight mile. Okay. Go to a little church somewhere else or a big church somewhere else. As long as it's preaching the gospel and you're in a small group and you're discipling and you're growing. Anything is good enough. So command them to come. Okay, so the master's desire is so strong. He is so strong that he desires fellowship and relationships that you have to go get more. We have to go get more, right? So I'm going to just end with this in Luke chapter 15. There's a story of a shepherd who has, how many sheep does the shepherd have in Luke 15? How many sheep does he have? Huh? He has a hundred. Well, you're, you're technically right though. Technically right. Technically he has a hundred, but he only has 99 because one of them's wandered away, right? What does the shepherd do? He leaves the 99 and he goes out and he wanders all night long. He wanders all night long to find the one, to find the one. And he brings him back and he rejoices. There were 90 and nine that safely lay in the shelter of the fold. That's us. But one was out on the hill far away, far off from the gates of gold. One, one. The story is going to talk about that one a bunch. And the shepherd loves them so much. He just wants them to come home. And he's willing to go. He's willing to go and pay a great price to get him home. But we're his servants and we're supposed to be with him helping him. You understand? 